Hello and welcome to Get Object. This is a podcast about things in games. I'm Rosie. I'm joined by my co-host Paul. Hello. And today we're talking about clothes. So we're going to be getting very gussied up in just a second. But first, some chat. Paul, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah. Good, good. Have you had a nice week? Um. Well, I mean, kindergarten was closed on Tuesday, so I had two children at home. So, so no. So no. <laughs> it's been no, intense. It was okay. It was okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um. Have you been playing anything good recently? Uh, I haven't. I haven't played that much since we last spoke. Actually, I did finish um, a Plague Tale Innocence. Oh yeah. Which I was telling you about before, if you remember the stealth game of the kids and the With rats. The children and the plague. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The sea of rats, yeah. Um yeah, it, I, I overall enjoyed it. As as I said before, the uh the kind of the levels of trauma that these children have to go through is is, is kind of unbelievable with, with how well they deal with it. But um and, and yeah, it's kind of a bit rough around the edges in many ways, like just some of the bits of the game, like the voice acting is not very good. Right. And stuff yeah. like that. But it was, um, yeah, d- different enough just having the perspective of children, like, you know, the idea of walking around, holding your little brother's hand, looking after it, that it just, yeah, I, I-, I liked it, even though it's kind of a bit rough. But but oh. yeah, decent game. I started Final Fantasy fifteen. Right. Um I haven't played, I have a strong kind of uh, residual affection for Final Fantasy games, though I, I don't think, I don't think I've played one since Final Fantasy, I can't remember which ones are which, 12 maybe, mm-hmm. but um, uh, yeah, I, I was kind of reluctant to commit to a game that I know is going to take like, I don't know, 80 hours or something, uh, which don't have the, the time for so much nowadays, but I thought it was on Games Pass, so free. So I thought, well, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. But yeah, quite early on, it was very um, fetch questy, like straight away from the off. Right. Like, um, oh, before you do this, go here and kill these monsters and then come back. It was like, no, that's not what... Because <laughs> Final, the old Final Fantasies weren't like that at all, really. They, right. they were very, very story driven okay maybe there are i mean they they did have grinding in it i guess to the extent that you had to kind of sometimes spend some time leveling up but but it wasn't like go here and get this and come back it was mm, it was mm. hi- hidden more within like we're going here for a story reason to do this or, or find this whereas this was very transparent okay we're doing like the open world game thing of like how open world games are going and it's like I, i've got no interest in doing that I, the the don't really like the combat system either so it's like i'm gonna tap out early before i um get like you know 30 hours deep and before you get invested in the adventure yeah so i i, I didn't bother with that um what about you you, you played kentucky Route zero or i did play kentucky Route zero yeah i'm um i'm i'm definitely thinking it's a very very good game mm-hmm. um very well made obviously um uh i find it quite stressful to play um yeah yeah i don't find it a relaxing experience i mean i don't know my understanding is that this is quite a common kind of anxiety dream but when i'm having anxiety dreams i dream about 
trying to get somewhere and not being able to get there and the journey oh, yeah. being held up and stalled yeah, for all yeah. sorts of reasons. Right. And that's like the experience of Kentucky Route Zero. Okay. Um, I am finding it, yeah, quite stressful and also incredibly sad. Just yeah, like yeah. it's a very sad experience. Yeah. And like, <laughs> yeah, I, I struggle with that a bit. Um, and it's something that I'm doing in my, you know, in my downtime of my evenings. I have such relentlessly lowbrow taste. Um <laughs> when it comes to things that I'm doing, you know, for recreation, yeah. that um, it's, yeah, it's quite slow going for me because I'll play it for about half an hour and then I'll be like, mm, that's probably enough. Okay. Um, thinking about the yearning and the sadness of history and, you know, the weight of all our lost decisions and all of this. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but I mean, it's very good, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. How, how far in are you? Like... I think I'm on Act 3. I'm a little ways into Act 3. Okay. Yeah. So... I have no idea. I, I don't know whether it's going to progress in a kind of linear way and whether it's going to be like, whether I am actually over halfway and stuff like that. Um, but um, I do think it's, yeah, very striking, very beautiful. Um, really reminds me of um, lots and lots of video games. So many um, reference Twin Peaks. It's su okay. such a common, such a common thing within video games. It's actually quite interesting the way in which that's, it feels almost more common within games than it does within TV. But um, Kentucky Route Zero, I think, actually effectively does really get into some of the same spaces, particularly Twin Peaks Season 3 gets into, where you're dealing with this very sad kind of stretched um, world. Um, and, you know, people have these kind of horrifying... Just like the horrifying depths of people's consciousnesses and their experiences and, you know, all the ways in which they're sad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I do think it's very effective. And also the meditative capacities of roads come up in Kentucky Route Zero mm. and uh, particularly in Twin Peaks Season 3. So yeah, I'm definitely uh, thinking it's very, very good. Um, I'm not like loving life while I'm playing it. I find no, it very sad. That makes sense, yeah. <laughs> were you kind of were you kind of instantly on board with it or did it, because it kind of took me a while to... Right. No, I think I was instantly on board with it. I could see straight away that like... This is a game that's being made with a real eye for a resonant um, scene and resonant ideas and images. Um, yeah, it's it's got it's got a slowness to it that I quite like as well. Mm. Um, and I like all the backdrops are so pretty and stuff like that. Yeah, that's really cool. The wet stuff they do with some of the scenes where they like transition into foreground and background and stuff yes. like that. Super. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Really yeah. thoughtful. Right, should we get to? We got some feedback um, from uh, from some of our lovely listeners. Um, we did, yeah. So, so we we got um, on Twitter from uh, Jonathan Bose at Call Me Bosey. He's he's come up with another suggestion for us. He said, "I'm sure you've had this object object suggestion. We haven't, uh, but um, boxes. So boxes bo is a great one. Yeah, boxes are on on the list now." Um, yeah, we, we, we went back and asked him if he, if he had any suggestions. He pointed to the boxes in Super Mario World. Mm. Um, and and he's, he was talking about how he played those when he was a kid and the idea that he didn't know what, what was in the boxes and there could be anything in there was like really exciting when he was a kid. And also the companion cube from the Portal games. Um, it pointing to kind of the way that the game actually manages you to make you feel something for a box basically. it does though yeah yeah really effective yeah um yeah fantastic suggestions thank you Bozy. 
Okay, and we also had an email, um, a night email from Jay. Um, I was reading Jay's email last week and I um, really stumbled over a, a bit of a, a typo in there. So we're going we're gonna to go in with his next one. Uh, thank you very much for getting in touch, Jay. He uh, said he's looking forward to clothes. Um, he immediately thinks of fashion souls and all the games he's hampered himself in, especially in Fable and Morrowind, because he wanted to wear what was cool and not what was best. We are going to talk about that dilemma today, Jay. Yep. Um, he also says Witcher 3 is a very clothesy game when playing The Witcher I spent far too much time ogling the costume which is designed with such care that in close up shots you can even see the textures stitching and in some cases the weave of the material sorry this excites me I like historical kit and it seems CDPR do too Um, absolutely I've done exactly the same thing though it is really remarkable the way you can see the different fabrics that are being used in the costumes in The Witcher Um, yeah lovely lovely stuff um, his son plays a game, he thinks it's double fine, uh, called Costume Quest 2, where donning different Halloween costumes give the kids different powers that they need to solve problems. Have uh, you played it, Costume Quest? Yeah, um, so it is double fine. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, we'll, we will, I'll talk about that later as well. Oh, um, I haven't played Costume Quest 2, but I played Costume Quest 1. So yeah, right. we'll chat Lovely. about that. Yeah. Um, one more tweet that we got from uh, Jeff Spender. Mm-hmm. And this is more suggestions for us. So Jeff says on part three, loving this so far. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Yeah. Um, some suggestions: portals, boundaries, and books. Um, books we've already gotten on the list. Uh, uh, well, yeah, we, we will have to do. There's a whole thing of like reading material, and yes. I don't know how we're gonna how we're gonna split it. Yeah, because it's such a big like subject of i don't know if we can do it all in one if it makes sense to split it up but we'll we'll have yeah to we'll figure out i think bridge. we might need yeah. yeah we not might need books on its own to be honest yeah um but yeah the the other ones are uh are on the list now um i like boundaries as a suggestion that seems like fertile ground for me absolutely um, love boundaries in general so yeah that's a good one yeah so yeah um thanks for that and if you want to send us any feedback or suggestions um any any um instances of of objects that came to your mind when you've been been listening to these then please do you can send them to us on get object pod on twitter or get object pod at gmail.com if you want to email us yes that would be wonderful and also itunes reviews please (laughs) yeah that's we still need to keep begging for those itunes reviews um yeah we were discussing the extent to which itunes reviews really matter or if it's a self perpetuating myth but it's a very strong piece of folklore among podcasters yeah certainly i mean i every podcaster says they're really important for getting more people to listen so i assume they're correct um yes we're just gonna have to operate on the assumption that the folklore is true uh, yeah <laughs> and, and continue uh, to spread it ourselves and yes if you could if you could uh review us that would be absolutely fantastic in fact let's look at this as um this is a way of testing it experimentally okay if all our listeners give us loads of itunes reviews <gasps> now and the figures go up then we will know and we can oh my answer this God. question definitively we're like urban legend investigators yeah yeah <laughs> this is very good okay so for science if yeah. you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Yeah. Unless you, like, hate science and you don't want antibiotics when you get ill. Or oh my goodness. you don't want to have an operation, which is what kind of what you'd be saying. It'd be a hell of a time to say that with coronavirus yeah. on the loose. But yeah. 
if you do hate science, don't worry. But otherwise, that would be uh, brilliant if you could leave us a review. We'd be hugely appreciative. And so would science. Yeah. And they're nice to read as well. As yes. well as being uh, productive. Um, okay. So, clothes. Clothes. Clothes in general. Um, how do you feel about clothes, Paul? Um, <laughs> I mean... Clothes aren't something that I feel. I'm sorry. I I don't want to like fall into the into the the, the stereotype of being like uh, I'm a man. I yeah, I don't yeah, care yeah. about such uh, superficial things. Um, yeah. I I don't think clothes or fashion is superficial. Um, I I I so I'm not like that uh, dismissive of it. But personally, it's not something I put a great deal of of focus on. Mm, um, mm. yeah um yeah not something that particularly moves you um I think that's you know that's something that um is the case isn't it is that some people are just more into some things than others oh that's a ridiculously yeah. like facile point but obviously like I'm not like um I always feel a bit embarrassed admitting this but I'm not like hugely into music you know like I don't I like music I listen to music I enjoy listening to music but I don't like um cultivate a taste in music I don't like have a I can't reel off a list of like loads of bands that within like a kind of cohesive taste profile you know which loads of people I know can do that um but I I do like clothes um I, I I do find clothes um compelling um I do find them interesting um it's it's really interesting that straight away we have to contend with this idea of superficiality which is um uh very widespread in the way that we conceptualize clothing and clothes um in the west is is the whether or not you're denying that they're superficial or saying maybe they are superficial or saying I don't think of them as superficial that question always comes up it's like this strong kind of cultural idea we have around clothes um, I found a really nice poem by Khalil uh, Gibran um, on clothes, which was written in 1923. Uh, I, I just thought it was a beautiful poem and I would recommend it. But you find this uh, idea of superficiality comes up. Basically, he's he's wishing that the reader of the poem could meet the sun and the wind with more of your skin and less of your raiment. And it's that idea that we see time and time again that clothes are not where the real person is to be found. Um, it's this idea that we have of um surfaces as skin deep that the reality of a person is much deeper and it's hidden um yeah i mean i mean in a sense this is of course true like um your clothes don't uh matter in terms of like what kind of person you are but but also we don't we don't do this with we don't do this with other like because it's a, a form of art, like it's a form. Of, yeah. You know, like if you're you're creating something, we we don't we don't do this with other forms of art and, and say, okay, th- this isn't like because this is a form of expression, it's like valueless because it's not actually you. But this well, is what we do with clothes. Is we is, we it's, I guess it's obviously because it's something that's on you, and the idea is that you're hiding something or like projecting a, a false persona in some way or something like that. Yeah, there's a kind of instant moral suspicion um, mm. around it that just is not present, as you say, in other sort of fields of, of creativity. Um, Daniel Miller, who I should have referenced already really on this show, he's an anthropologist who is very prominent in um, the uh, work around material culture. Essentially, he's, he's very big on things. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks about 
he actually has an introduction in a book called Clothing as Material Culture um, by Suzanne Kutchler and, and Daniel Miller are the editors. Um, his introduction, he talks about how the West struggles with what might be called a depth ontology, uh, which is, again, this, this mistrust of surfaces, this idea that things that are on the, on the, um, visible to the eye um, are less trustworthy than things that are, you know, deep within. Um, he says the people he's worked with, he's, he did his field work in Trinidad, um, the people he worked with in Trinidad have actually quite a different view um, because... Um, the surface of a person, their clothes, the kind of clothes they're wearing, the way they present themselves is the part of them that is open to um, social scrutiny and critique and people can see it. That's considered to be much, much less suspect um, and much, much more where you might find what the person is really about than in the things that they think about themselves, which can be, you know, subject to all kinds of falseness because they're not open to scrutiny. Um, so, yeah, so it's a culturally contingent idea, but it's a very strong idea. Clothing is superficial. There's a uh, there's a little bit of that, I think, in some Western thought, which I, I, I don't want to, like, butcher, because it's the kind of thing that I think I half understand while I'm reading it. And then I... <laughs> but um, right. I'm thinking of people like um, Baudrillard and Lacan and mm-hmm. uh, people like that, where there's this whole idea of people think that we have like a surface and um, then we look, we can look behind it and find true reality. And then you obviously have this idea of the desert of the real, like you look behind it and there's nothing there. So um, there is also that idea that it critiques this idea that there's like service and then reality underneath in some fashion as well. Right, right, right. I'm vaguely aware that Lacan has something about looking in the mirror, doesn't it? Like the mirror stage. And you sort of get a concept. You you feel like other people are more real because you can see them as a whole or something like that. I mean... I'm butchering I, I'm, it as I'm, well. I'm stre- I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know. Let's uh, all sit here and butcher some French philosophers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that he, he, he definitely has something about the mirror stage. That sounds familiar, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it means. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, so that's um, that's clothes. Um, oh, just, just one other thing I want to say. Um, I, I think it's worth thinking about especially when we're talking about the subject of this which is clothes in a piece of art because something which you've done often because like I said clothes isn't something that I often think about but I found it quite so listening to Diane there's been a few times where you've drawn attention to the way that people are dressed Mm. and obviously this is different to um, the way that we might dress ourselves. This is a piece of art where people have been dressed and they may have been dressed for a specific purpose. And if it's a piece of art where we're working with like symbols and representations, things like that, the way that someone's dressed and what that's meant to communicate and how that might tie into the overall aesthetic of the thing is uh, relevant. And that's um, a slightly different to like clothes as we use them in uh, everyday life. So, yeah, there's there's always a degree of intentionality, I guess, mm. in, in the way that people are dressed in video games because someone has really sat and thought about it every single time yes. in a way that perhaps we don't think about it every single time when we get up in the morning. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I guess what... It, what is, I mean, are there any people... When you think about video games, do you... Did there some that pop in your head where you're like, ah, these people have good clothes. These are examples of great clothes in games because I tried to do that and I was struggling a bit. You couldn't think of any fashion icons. Well, I could think of. I was thinking like, I find 
JRPG clothes are like fun, but yes. I wouldn't necessarily describe them as like good. <laughs> like, right, right, I right. I don't know, you know, like the massive double belts and like uh, <laughs> that buckles take up everywhere. half their body and like yeah. you know the the huge shoulder pads and whatever. Like that's fun. I I, I thought of uh, a lot of jackets. There's, if you think of like stuff that you can buy, there's, mm. there's always jackets. So like, um, I think you could buy the um, Adam Jensen from Deus Ex, like his big long leather jacket. I, th- right. I I feel like maybe Leon Kennedy's from Resident Evil's coat from Resident Evil Four got sold at some point. That may okay. be wrong. I'm not sure. Uh, you can definitely, you could definitely at some point buy Rio Hazuki from Shenmue's jacket. Also, ah, yeah, with the is, tiger on the back. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's a nice... I mean, again, I'm not sure I would wear that jacket, but I like the jacket. You like the jacket. Well, yeah. that's interesting that that's what um, kind of the jacket sprung to mind to you. It maybe suggests that you have a slight tendency towards liking jackets as garments in general. Because when I was thinking about... Well, I saw in your notes that you had a question about who has good clothes. Yeah. And, and immediately what sprung to mind to me... There were characters that sprung to mind and they have a really cohesive, it turns out, look about them. So I thought about um, Sei Nijima, who is a character in um, Persona 5. She just wears a black polo <laughs> neck and a black blazer. Who's um, she? Sorry? Who is it? Sorry? Oh, she's the, um, like, attorney. Like, uh, she's the older sister. Oh, okay. Of, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, because I've, I've played the game and then you said the name. And I was like, who's that? I was Who thinking you were talking about one of the main characters. Sorry, okay, I was, yeah. how could Got you forget? You. A stunning outfit. <laughs> um, and um, who else came to mind to me? Agent 47. A classic uh-huh. black suit with a red tie. Although, of course, that's not the only thing he wears, but that's his signature look. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the other character was... Um, Dutch Vanderlint, who I'll talk about a little bit more in, in detail. But again, black and white, um, very structured clothes, an occasional pop of red. And and actually, all of these characters, you could put them all sort of next to each other and you would see a very similar sort of style among them. And that's just my taste. That's just m- me sort of gravitating towards the kind of things I like to wear. I personally prefer to wear black, white, grey, little bits of red. So, um, yeah, so it was just interesting to me that I just ended up selecting people who are wearing things that, yeah, I would personally quite like. Okay. Just imagining you dressed as Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII now. Well, <laughs> it's all, luckily, it's black and white. I have no idea what Sephiroth... I never played oh. Final Fantasy VII. Um, oh, okay. I know, people are often shocked by that. I think I, probably, I played it a little bit recently, like you could get it on PlayStation 4 and it was like... But yeah. yeah, I couldn't get into it. Oh, so okay. we'll see what happens with the remaster. I look forward to seeing that outfit, frankly. Yeah, well, he, he's it's yeah, black and white, white hair, big nice. long black jacket, big white shoulder pad. Um, shoulder pad, singular. I think he's got one big white shoulder pad. Yeah, again, <laughs> JRPG stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, Sephiroth's just the, the main thing is there's a cutscene in the game where he like walks through fire, so he mm. looks very cool. So um, that, I think that people have this idea of Sephiroth as being a very cool guy. Um, but yeah, his outfit is not something I think would look good in real life. But um, Oh, I really yeah. look forward to seeing it. Yeah, cool. Well, I mean, one of the when I started thinking about uh, clothes and games and how they're used, the, 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 one of the first things that popped into my head was how they're used uh, to communicate information to us. 
So they will, for example, show us who's important. So normally your main characters will... So say NPCs, generally speaking, don't tend to be dressed as... Um, they're more kind of uh, conspicuous than um, the main characters. Like if somebody's important, they... Um, yeah, they're dressed in a more... So for example, Final Fantasy Fifteen mm-hmm. that I was playing, there was a bit where I went to like a little... Um, uh, it's like a, a harbour or something and there's lots of like normal people there dressed in very bog standard clothes and you meet a guy who's dressed incredibly flamboyantly and he he's a bit um, vague and like gives you, I can't remember, he gives you a card or something and goes off and you cut, they're kind of like, oh, who is that guy? But I know he's important and he's going to be important later because he he's dressed in such a way that signals that he's somebody significant. Right, um, right, right. So yeah, ga- games, the, the clothes that people have, first of all, will show us who matters, like who's a main character, who's a a potential nemesis or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they also, oh, um, obviously silhouettes as, as like being recognisable is something really important, not just in terms of the games, but like marketing and stuff. Like yeah. if you can just see like a silhouette of a character and know like who they are. So that's another element of it. Um, but also just things like um, who, what, who's an enemy? Like whose side is somebody on? Like which would often be then uniforms, like which is, is, is indeed what uniforms are for, like to show us who is a part of what group. And that's something that's necessary in games to, as like a, for a practical perspective, like these people are on my side, these people are not on my side. Um can also it can be it doesn't necessarily have to be done with um uniforms i mean when they were showing off like some of the factions that are going to be inside punk 2077 you can see that the different groups have their own style of fashion which communicates right. to you okay they're in that group these people are in, in that group yeah they have that in assassin's creed odyssey as well actually the athenians wear blue and the spartans wear red Ah, just like flourishes of blue and red here and there but yeah you you don't even realize you're doing it but straight away you're recognizing kind of what someone is where they're positioned it can also then be more specific like okay this enemy is where it's dressed like this so i know that they've got a rocket launcher because that's how those enemies are dressed or or this if you're playing a a beat-em-up they might be like, okay, those are the guys who've got knives because I can see they're always dressed the same. So they 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 are assigned to roles or like abilities as well as like what side someone someone's on as well. Yeah, no. If you're creeping into a cave in um, Elder Scrolls in Skyrim, and um, you know everyone's sitting around a fire wearing robes, it's like okay, mages. Like you do, you know that straight away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, had one uh, uh, had one suggestion again i've been back in the range touch and no cartridge discords asking for suggestions um and slash epoch said with mario i was thinking about clothing as informational shorthand the fire flower changes the palette and i know what powers he has XCOM has something similar. The shoulder pads of my units change color to denote what weapon they're using which is a bit of useful visual information when they're in cover so yeah something that's used a lot clothes tell us things about what people can can do and what abilities they have and whose side they're on and all this sort of stuff yeah i really like it the the example that i uh, came to mind when i was i was thinking about this and how information comes through is dutch vanderland um who i will mm-hmm. speak about in a little bit more detail um i should say i've tweeted some reference material for my notes out of our um twitter account um 
this week, um, Get Object Pod. So if you want to see some of these outfits um, that I was yeah. particularly interested in, you, you can see them there. Um, Dutch Vanderlind is the... I assume you've played Red Dead Redemption yeah. 1 and 2, probably. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, very big games um, by Rockstar. I, I did... I was an, uh, I've got an article on Games Radar about Red Dead Redemption 2 Ooh. as like... Um, an example of uh, kind of intentional communities and like uh, the way it kind of thinks about utopia. Um, How interesting! That's great. What like the Vanderlind gang and their yeah, like yeah. little setup. Vanderlind gang is like an intentional community kind of thing. I love that. That's really cool. Okay, I will read that. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah so Dutch Vanderlind is is the leader of the gang in in Red Dead Redemption Two, um, and his out straight away. If you look at a picture of the Vanderlind gang, you can see who's in charge. Um, he's mm-hmm. normally standing in the middle, <laughs> which yeah. helps. But also, Dutch tends towards a really pulled together look compared to um, his fellow um, ruffians. He has um, he wears again this monochromatic palette that I'm I particularly like. He, he's normally wearing black and uh, black and white. Um, his clothing has richer fabrics. Um, than those of the people he's he's with. They tend to be wearing much looser, less structured things, whereas Dutch will be wearing, um, you know, white shirt sleeves and a, a black waistcoat. waistcoat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that looks like it's you know some kind of um, velvet or, or brocade. Um, he has bits of jewelry that are quite not ostentatious, but he has like this um, watch chain he wears that's gold, that's got like, again, maybe a ruby on it. It's that pop of red that he favours. He wears a red pocket square. Um, The back of his waistcoat is red as well. Um, The pull togetherness of this look tells us so much about Dutch. It tells us that he has, um, he's a vain man for a start, which I think is really important to his character. It tells us that he is interested in creating something of an icon of himself. He has a clear vision of how he wants to look. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, very important. Um, And that, you know, he's, he's pulled this look together. He's in charge. He's, he's capable of, of organizing things, but he's wearing much. Those white shirt sleeves really interest me because these are people who live out in the woods and also (laughs) are doing crimes all day. And, and it suggests that, you know, if people are going to be getting their hands dirty, maybe it's not always going to be Dutch. Yeah. Um, he, he's confident in that. Uh, so, yeah, so it's, it's a fantastic look. It gives us so much information um, as uh, loads of the storytelling and design decisions in, in Red Dead Redemption, I think, are, are really good, are really strong. Um, and, and, yeah, that would definitely be an example of one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a nice, nice one for sure. Yeah. He uh, Also, he... he... He 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 has to sometimes. Uh, he's the one who will negotiate or come to the front where they have to deal with external groups or forces. So that I, that he he wants to present himself as being like respectable or um, having having some kind of what's the having some kind of I don't know social cachet or yeah or yeah there's a degree of sophistication that is mm. implied um and often like when we see people who are wearing all black we associate that with yeah um maybe my more kind of authority but also yeah like a more fashiony look so there's uh yeah there's an element of dutch has designs on something greater than perhaps the the vanderland gang living out in the woods you know he he, he thinks of himself as a sophisticated person yeah 
So one of the major things that clothes do in games is they come attached with some kind of power or ability or they grant us some kind of power ability. So, for example, stats boost. So clothes that give you plus one attack or Mm -hmm. whatever, or perhaps give you a a specific skill that you can't otherwise do. Um, They can be used as, as disguises. So they grant us the power to, or the ability to move through places unnoticed or unharassed. Um, rarely but also something that, that, that is in games is that they can be used as camouflage again they grant us the ability to to not be noticed um i i think this does hold i mean the, the most obvious thing would, would be to say this has got nothing to do with like reality like having abilities attached to it but actually right. i think cloves do hold um symbolic power they can grant us power so if you think of for example a a general's uniform or the way a judge is dressed Mm. the the clothes imbue that person with authority that they can then exercise Um, absolutely yeah so so it is kind of fitting the way they are are used um that they are used in games um also just like what we're talking about with dutch like if you were dressed well you can kind of present a certain image of yourself you can use them to symbolize wealth Mm. or power um as said like big clothes in games often indicate that somebody's particularly powerful like again i'm thinking more in this kind of jrpg direction like the more clothes and like bigger and flamboyantly (laughs) dressed you are the more dangerous dangerous you are right Um, but, but yeah, again, that does bear some relation to reality. Like if you're dressed very well, then you have money or you have authority. So it's not just a completely fictional thing. Clothes can grant you um, that ability. Also, um, I was thinking about this isn't just in like authority figures that like you can use them to exploit the, the symbols that come attached with clothes. I thought of, uh, so I read a book about uh, urban exploration and like mm-hmm. the kind of politics of it, but it was a lot of interesting stuff about the practicalities of, of what they do. And one of the things was wearing wearing like high-vis vests while they were oh, doing right. something with like a, a manhole or to get in the you know, drains is one of the places to go or something like that. And they would put on high-vis vests because then people that were walking by, you know, you see some of the high this vest and you assume that they're a worker of some kind imbued with the authority to open um manholes so they would often use clothes as uh, to they would exploit the, the symbolic power of clothes to go unnoticed people and get into places where they shouldn't have been so that is again, super clever that, that makes sense. loads of sense yeah I, I think uh in terms of um games uh, disguises uh, disguises that exist in games is one of the ones things we just mentioned so the first example of this i think is castle wolfenstein from 1981 where you could get uh nazi uniforms and use that as a disguise to go past places but obviously like the the game for disguises is hitman which you've already mentioned like that is the one um, it's wonderful. I mean, Hitman, yeah. Um, obviously, he does have his signature look, but 
really agent 47 wears a variety of different hats um depending on what's going to get him closer to his quarry um i find it really exciting i i hitman is like a very the story of hitman and like the the law is deeply silly <laughs> um like (laughs) i I can't um i can never like keep track of it but it all seems to be about shadowy you know um global programs of of assassination and counter assassination and and um clones clones. Yeah. yeah clones and stuff but there are you get past all of that there is real greatness i think in some of the ideas and the atmosphere um, that Hitman is working with. Um, and, and that, you know, that's part of the story as well. And I love the idea that um, Hitman, uh, sorry, Agent 47 isn't like a real person, which does come out in the idea that he's a clone. Mm-hmm. Um, this concept that he has no family, he has no real past, or does he? He has no home. Um, he's got this one suit and that's about all he's got. Um, and, and, and that is completely communicated through the clothes and the fact that he's constantly changing and it, you know, in an ideal run on a hitman level, no one will have seen 47 at all. They will have seen a builder and then they will have seen Mm. a waiter and then they will have seen, you know, the head of whatever the service is, but, but 47 is, is, is not there. There is no real man there at all. And and the the clothes are part of that, you know, it's completely part of that that um that feeling to it, uh, where yeah, you're he, trying to absence the man. Yeah, that, I think that that's the thing. He's he's such a blank slate that he yeah. can fully embody the symbolic role of the clothes. Yes. Like he 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 um like we he doesn't there's always in in the the clothes that symbolize whatever that you're a waiter or whatever there's always a, a person there that is somewhat intention with that like to because you do you know what i mean like you're you're not when you're wearing clothes to perform a role you're supposed to like embody that role and not be like an individual yes um and that can this is that's why if you like tie it if you this is why you can like abuse people in uniforms and like I don't, I don't do this but you know what I mean no like, no no but people yeah that abuse people who are working in a job because they are in the uniform and they don't see them as, as a person but Absolutely. yeah um agent 47 because he is such so not a person he's just the rot the the clothes like and what they symbolize so he can perfectly exploit it to do yeah and, and like I said you can actually do that you can use high-vis vests to places you want you will probably be if you think about the way that the police would engage with somebody who's dressed very well versus yeah. the way they will deal with um for example a homeless person who might not be dressed particularly well mm. it, it actually manifests in like how you can move through the world and like yeah hitman's just a really nice example of it i guess such a lovely example um we also actually i should say we had a, had another bit of feedback from um matt gost um, who mentions uh, on the on disguise note the cowl of nocturnal from Elder Scrolls Oblivion? Um, it's a garment, but it's also an alter ego. When you wear the cowl, you'll be recognised as Master Thief, the Grey Fox. This means fellow thieves will treat you as a total legend, but the guards see you as public enemy number one. It also means you can commit crimes with the cowl on, and the axe will be blamed on the Grey Fox rather than the player, which is kind of handy. I mean, it's handy, and it's also like 
I mean, thank you, Matt, for allowing me to shoehorn in a further discussion of Elder Scrolls. But um, clothing in Elder Scrolls games is so bad most of the time. Like, it's it's not bad, but it's just it's not something they think about at all. And I mm. find that a little bit upsetting as someone who loves clothes and who loves RPGs. And it's like, we're role playing here, babe. Like, I, I want <laughs> to be able to dress up. Like, what what do you think this is? Yeah. Um but um and and yeah the the cow of nocturne has like so much or nocturnal has so much more personality and it's really interesting that that is then that takes you away from the personality you've been building you actually become someone else because you're finally wearing an interesting piece of clothing um it cannot possibly be associated with the player character who is always kept as bland as possible um so yeah it's it's a good example really and it is yeah. it's it's fun when you get it it's another one of those items in those games that's like ah I've got this now. I can do things. Yeah, very fun to like blame stuff that you've done on somebody else. Yeah, some brilliant. Um, <laughs> that, that actually ties in nicely with an, another example that we got from uh, Andy in the Range Touch Discord. Uh, he pointed to the faction armor in Fallout New Vegas, mm-hmm. where if you wear it, then your reputation with that faction will return to neutral, regardless of whether it was good or bad. Because like it's, I think it's... Oh, the way I understood it, um, I have played New Vegas, but I can't remember this. I think it's always like a uni- like a full uniform that covers your face. Right. Um, so that's kind of the opposite thing that we've been talking about and, and relates to the, the Grey Fox example where instead of clothes showing that you are important because you're like the player and you're dressed, to, you're, you stand out for everyone else, you like become, yeah, removes your indiv- individuality and you just become completely unimportant. So mm. yeah, it's a nice... Um, counter example i guess um yeah the 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 costume quest example um yeah that's just it's kind of a very um it's a it's a like turn-based rpg but quite quite uh light and accessible and it's shorter than rpg it's not like you know 50 hours long it's more like i don't know seven or eight or something like that and Mm -hmm. it's quite simple but very fun and has a lot of the character that double fine games tend to have um and yeah the, you, you're basically kids at halloween and you can change your halloween costume to like i don't know a robot or a knight or whatever and then when you go into battle then you become that like you become like a giant version of that thing and you have oh, abilities cool. associated with whatever costume you have yeah um and it's just it's just a very fun um yeah, it's a game. It's a game with a, a lot of character, and it's just a, a fun example. I think that's I a cool mechanic. Deep like, about it, but. yeah, I can I can imagine exactly how that works as soon as you say it. Like that's quite nice, like straightforward idea, isn't it? You dress up as a thing, and then you have its powers. Lovely. Yeah. So, so at this point, I wanted to 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 get onto a, a discussion which we kind of mentioned at, at the beginning, which is how do you personally deal with this? So we're talking about clothes mm-hmm. granting you abilities. Now, how do you deal with this issue where you are trying to balance what abilities or stat buffs the clothes give you versus the aesthetics? Like, is this a a problem for you? Because I'm sure there are people out there who just go, this gives me more attack, this improves my defense, I'm going to put that on and that on and that on, and they don't care how it makes them look. Um, yeah, I get yeah. the feeling you're not one of those people. I'm, I'm very much not one of those people. No, it's a fucking nightmare, Paul. I've got to be honest with you. Um, there's a really nice, um, I think it's a quote from Tumblr that people repost quite a lot. Uh, what game devs think are tough choices in games, you have to kill this person or spare them. 
what tough choices in games actually are. This armor will make you more powerful, but it's ugly. Yeah, just a complete nightmare scenario there, basically. Um, I, uh, I, I tend towards the aesthetic. I tend towards wearing worse armor um, if it looks cool. I cannot, I cannot play a game. I'm not going to sit there playing one of my, you know, nerdorama 300-hour goblin games, looking dreadful, watching myself <laughs> running around the screen with this awful. Like, I'm, I'm not going to do it, frankly. Um, so, so no, I, I always tend towards, I'm always like wearing some like level four, um, Mm, leather jerkin, which is terrible trying to fight a dragon. (laughs) Yeah. I sometimes, so I, I think I, I'm more in that direction as well. Like Mm. I, it's something that I I try and balance and there, there may be, so maybe a point where it's like, okay, I don't like this armor as much, but I'm going to have to wear it for a bit because I could have to, and then yeah. I'll find something nicer later on. But just I can't wear this shitty armor anymore. It's not good enough to progress. But I also find it hard to move away from, for quite often, from the like starting look. Right. So, for example, Geralt has yes. his look, and for me, that's like how he looks, and like that's his him and his character. And then if I put other stuff on him, then it's not him anymore. I know exactly like, what you mean with Geralt. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a thing I struggle with. What one one example that was fun in like allowing you to do the exact opposite is Disco Elysium, right? Because the character is a complete mess. Like he he the idea is that so he wakes up after um, like a three day drug and alcohol bender, like and he doesn't even remember who he is anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and like. Every the person, the people that you meet that kind of give you hints about who you are, make it very clear that you're a complete fuck up. And like, <laughs> he's dressed in awful snakeskin <laughs> shoes and like oh, a nice. horrible a, a tie that's it's called something like disgusting tie or like horrible tie or something. Cool. So you, you start put, the idea is that he's kind of like a shambling um, shadow of a, a person who. So when you start dressing him up in all these different like ridiculous, he looks like. You know, the stuff that just doesn't fit together at all when he looks mm. awful, it fits with who he's supposed to be. So right. I actually then just put I just put on the best stats and I, I could embrace how he looked because that fit with like who he was supposed to be. Right. That makes sense. So yeah. he's like just a ridiculous sort of jumble sale of a man. Yeah. And he <laughs> yeah. like doesn't care. So like, yeah, he, you can have like... <laughs> Yeah, you can have like a heavy metal t-shirt on, a mm. nav- uh, a jacket of a naval officer, um, some jogging bottoms. Like, I don't know, like it just doesn't matter with uh, gardening gloves. This sounds like <laughs> quite a just, strong look, actually. Yeah, it, it, it works for that character <laughs> because that's who he is. So that's the one exception I was thinking of where I don't care because yeah. it, it works. Um, I mean, yeah. the, the armor I was going to say about... Um, the one I often go with, this is like an example of going quite far, I think, is um, I always wear the, the um, is it called the dark leather set or the black leather set? The black leather set in Dark Souls, um, which is just definitely not the best armor, really. But okay. I just, I like the way it looks. So yeah. that's that's what I wear. Um, Bloodborne has a nice happy median on this kind of thing, I think. It's because all the clothes look good, so it doesn't matter. All the clothes look good, and 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 also they all have kind of quite sort of the the, the difference in stats is relatively shallow. Um, okay. so like certain things you're going to want like a fire protection and stuff like that. 
but most of the time you can pretty much wear everything and there is some distinction but not loads in terms of like the boost it's going to give you so you feel a bit more free to kind of have this little negotiation um for yourself and decide like what the outfit you know what kind of stylish hunter you want to be um Mm. which i think is is very nice and obviously there's a huge subculture around choosing outfits in in dark soul um in bloodborne specifically um which is referred to as fashion souls yeah should we get onto that now while we're while we're oh yeah sure i mean this is i i just think it's yeah i i just think it's a nice way of balancing it that you particularly have within um within bloodborne because the other possibility is the thing that they do and i know you've got this in your notes as well Mm. where lots of games nowadays will allow you to just sort of retain if you like if you've got a particular breastplate and you like the look of it you can then don a more powerful breastplate but you can give it the same appearance as your Mm. earlier one um and i know they do that they do that in assassin's creed odyssey and also diablo 3 you have options to do that yeah that was um it was something that came up against a suggestion from uh romination who said Mm -hmm. Um, I find it interesting that fashion and cosmetics and games got to the point where people are so worried about having an armor set that looks good. Developers have started to find ways to let people keep their looks but still upgrade. Stuff like Destiny comes to mind where if you have something really cool looking but find something with better stats but you like how it looks less, you can feed one to the other and keep the look but gain the stats. So yeah, this problem that we're talking about of like balancing how we look versus like what stats we get is something that developers are coming aware of and trying to so like yeah the 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 fashion it turns out is very important to players because otherwise developers wouldn't be doing this yeah i mean in a way actually it's like and this is going to sound completely contradictory now but i do miss i like having to think about clothes in games so I actually miss that negotiation of how far I'm willing to take being underpowered as opposed to being stylish um so in games where they completely sidestep it as I say in in um in Assassin's Creed Odyssey in in Diablo I haven't played Destiny um but yeah I kind of miss it a little bit um I feel like I should you should be willing to suffer for fashion (laughs) yeah I'm with you (laughs) Um, and I, I like it's like another layer of gameplay that I, you know, quite enjoy, actually, is 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 having to agonize over this stuff. Um, so, um, I mean, I, I think that's maybe why I think the Bloodborne solution is quite elegant, um, because y- you are still going to take a little bit of a st- statistics penalty if you want to wear particular outfits, but it's not too bad. Like you can live with it. Can you what can you um, for listeners who don't know what it is, can you explain fashion souls oh sorry fashion souls see i've only seen it sort of referenced by people talking online but basically the idea that in dark souls there's a whole um not dark Souls. sorry i keep saying this in bloodborne uh which is obviously a game within that kind of series um there is a whole subculture of dressing up um that is like wearing the fanciest outfits and like figuring out which of bits of sets you want to wear with other bits um in order just to look stylish to look like a stylish hunter um, it's dark souls as well isn't it is it dark souls as well yeah, do people do that i think I th- so uh, i thought it was just bloodborne all right cool yeah i had to google it because i hadn't heard of it but yeah so yeah there, there are people who are literally <laughs> yeah focusing in on like the clothes yeah and they share it with each other well and- 
Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it makes sense because, yeah, there's some really beautiful design decisions going on in that game, um, in those games. And, um, you know, there's... I, I wanted to say, actually, um, if we're talking about particular things, uh, clothes we like, one other thing is the uh, the dancer set in Dark Souls 3, which you haven't played, so you won't know it. Mm-hmm. But it's a very beautiful set of armour um, that's like... It's kind of silvery blue... Um, you get it from a boss who is uh, very sort of gendered as, as female, actually, as, as, um, as she's very feminine. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, and she has like this gauzy veil that you wear over it, uh, which streams out behind you and looks like a night full of stars. It's, it's really, really lovely. Um, I find it almost quite moving how lovely the dancer set is because this is a game about walking around in a very sort of threatening, un, um, hostile um, environment which has had so much of the beauty kind of leached out of it and is so full of sadness and then this incredibly fragile looking lovely um, set of set of arm but still an armor still strong mm. you know you can still wear it when you when you're fighting your monsters um, absolutely lovely 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 piece of design um, a huge shout out to the dancer set it's one of my favorite things I think in Dark Souls yeah just just one final thing on that we had uh from Erisephalis said talking about this fashion shows mm-hmm. uh, a game where the discuss a, a game where the discussion normally is focused on skill challenge and min maxing has a whole subculture dedicated to looking cool yep. in player player interactions and that's interesting to me and yeah it is just yeah it's just an interesting uh it's in opposition to what you would expect and like what the clothes are supposed to be for in terms of like functionality so yeah exactly that people yeah people finding their own like ways of playing the game you know um that that are compelling to them um and and particularly interesting and yeah love it um while we're we're on fashion um i wanted to talk a bit about final fantasy again oh yeah um so as i as i said before jrpgs just kept coming to mind with me just because of how striking the clothes are mm. and how um yeah when you look at like a roster of jrpg characters they're often like each character is so identifiable because they're dressed in such different and like striking ways it's interesting but anyway it, it, it was um final fantasy is a series that a lot of people mentioned in terms of a relation to kind of crossing the boundaries into real world fashion right um but so we had we had Kyron who mentioned who said in general um, the Yoshitaka Amano fashion designs. So he's the person who designs like the clothes um, up to Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. Um, fashion designs have always been a key part of Final Fantasy, and it's been interesting seeing them try to tr- translate designs as games have gotten more realistic. Um, Tetsuya Nomura took over on Final Fantasy VII, designing the characters. Again, very striking and well-known characters that are instantly recognisable. But a, a few of these people pointed out that um, the Final Fantasy thirteen two, I think is the one. Okay. Um, they used characters from the game to model Prada's spring-summer catalogue. So they really? actually like fix the, the 3D models um, were used in the catalogue. The um, Lightning, who's a character who appears in, I'm going to, I'm sorry, Final Fantasy fans. I'm going to say she's in 13, 
13 2 and then had a, one or two spin-offs okay she's quite a popular character which is un- I, I don't know how well you know for final fantasy but that's quite unusual um, final fantasy is normally um every final fantasy is its own distinct thing in a new world with new characters it's not linked to any other story so right I, I don't know final fantasy at all but I, I will say i know what lightning looks like i know i know actually i can actually picture her outfit okay. um so she's obviously like been a breakout success um yeah. and i've seen her around and about well, yeah, so much so. Yeah. She modelled uh, Louis Vuitton in 2016. Fantastic. So she was used in like promotional material and adverts and stuff wearing Louis Vuitton clothes. Um, Final Fantasy XV's clothes of the main characters were designed by a fashion brand called Rowan from okay. Japan. And there's also a Vivian Westwood wedding dress in the game that the, one of the characters wears. And it's Vivian Westwood is mentioned in the game as like a person that exists in oh, the world lovely. so there's this crossover to like actual fashion that's happened and there's been there's been a little bit of this in a slightly different way in um some metal gear solid 5 i can't remember exactly so there were some videos i can't remember if it was just like the trailers they released before or if this was in the game but well so like they were, the the character was like standing looking out over the landscape and he had sunglasses on and mm-hmm. then in the trailer the the brand of the like sunglasses came up oh right uh, and wow. then you can actually buy them okay so i can't remember if that appeared in the actual game if it was just in the promotional material but i think there's something insidious there in like the creep of and you can see this in the final fantasy game with like the Vivian Westwood dress appearing in it where yeah you get an advertising encroaching into the game um and I don't think this is a good I don't think advertising encroaching into how you make something is ever good in terms of like uh creative creativity or like artistic integrity so it's kind of interesting it's taken this long isn't it but I guess it's because Mm. um as you as you mentioned like the way that um graphics are just getting better so that you can make things that actually look convincingly like enough for a brand to be happy with mm. that particular like model within the game representing their um their item that they're selling i think it's interesting as well that um cloves in terms of like advertising things that you can buy it's interesting that cloves appear to be the entry point to it because like we talked about like clothes are seen as superficial Mm. and like they don't matter so they're the easiest way in to like advertise to have advertising in games because people are like oh it's clothes so it doesn't matter then it obviously it just then (laughs) spread um yeah and, and i think games creating their own fashion and like styles that are a part of their world or that relate to their characters is far more interesting and creative than like trying to sell things that exist in the real world Um, that's much more boring I think yeah I mean we might return to this point later actually I have some thoughts about that um but yeah I mean I guess while we are on the topic of selling we should talk about the microtransactions and the hats and and all of this um because that's another huge theme isn't it not only are we trying to are we seeing within video games a movement towards, um, yeah, actual brands coming in with, with you know, I guess high status clothing items. You mm-hmm. also see the the selling of just, um, you know, you can wear this outfit in, in um, I guess, I don't know what games do. I don't play them. Fortnite. Fortnite, okay. <laughs> or, yeah, so, 
So this has been a movement of so so I guess we're talking about customization here, like right. customization of of characters and how you want them to look. And obviously, in the past, you didn't buy these things. Um, so yeah, I started thinking about like what games do I think about when I think about customization and like what you're doing with it. So uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater is a game that came to mind for me right. because um, like a lot of teenagers when Tony Hawk's Pro Skater came out I started skateboarding so I was very invested in like and then obviously you had the skateboarding clothes and shoes that you could dress your skater in Mm. and to me that's an example of when the clothes you're trying to like create you in some way or like some idealized version of yourself like in the game but like because the clothes in like Tony Hawk's were like t-shirts and jeans and shorts. Do you know what I mean? Not yeah. like JRPG stuff. And then the alternative to that is obviously making someone who's very much not like you. Um, where, I mean, there may be still some stuff there where you're trying to create a version of yourself that you wouldn't, that you wouldn't have the confidence to yeah absolutely in in real life yeah 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 i'm not gonna walk around with a top hat on um you know all the time like that's quite a strong look you have to have a hell of a personality for that one but yeah you can give it a go in video games yeah and i i look i I was wondering about this actually i looked up because i was thinking this seems like a way that people would be able to like play with or explore their identity Mm. and i did look and i found like a few articles and stuff from like the lgbtq community who were talking about having used games and like customization Uh to like come to terms with or explore or start to realize stuff about themselves so there's definitely a way in which clothes and like dressing yourself dressing a fictional character can be uh yeah I mean it might be something completely frivolous to you and it might just be completely fun but it might have some kind of deeper um or more significant meaning to you yeah it can be hugely meaningful and and sort of generative of of you know a space in which you feel like yeah you can sort of start to work on the idea of the self oh this is a cool thing as well um from about what I was just saying about how you might not dress yourself, you might not be brave enough. Um, Trash Ben said, I think about the world, the world ends with you and how clothes give stat bonuses, but how they are locked to certain characters and instead, um, sorry, they aren't locked to certain characters and instead require a bravery stat to wear certain clothes. Lovely. So to get the main character to wear a blouse, he needs his bravery stat boosted. Okay. And that's a kind of cool way, I think, of realising that real thing of, Either just I don't feel cool enough to wear this or I'm a man who wants to wear a blouse, but I'm aware that I'm going to, if I go out into the world, there are going to be people who are going to potentially abuse me or Mm -hmm. like, so I thought that was quite cool. But anyway, um, I kind of derailed from, you, you, you mentioned microtransactions and I've kind of gone on a whole different path, but yeah, microtransactions are obviously really important. So what, what I was saying, what I was trying to say is customization used to just be something that was in the game and you might maybe unlock it through playing the game, um, yep. perhaps, but you didn't have to pay any money for it. But now clothes, skins, different outfits are not rewards. You have to pay for them. 
often through gambling of some kind. Right, yeah. Loot boxes. Which is the loot box thing, yeah. Okay. You want you want a particular set of trousers but to match your to match your hat and your boots or whatever but you don't know if you're going to get it in the loot box so you have to keep paying money and hope that you get the one that you want um so there was a whole uh, this ties back to what we were saying before right about how the superficiality of clothes and how it's okay to do because it doesn't matter in some way yeah i mean it's a because yeah, for those of us who actually care about this stuff, it does, like, it can be. So, I mean, this, I did my first ever microtransaction this week preparing for this because I thought, well, I'll try get, I'll get one of those fashion dressing up games that girls play. Um, mm. You know, um, I got Pastel Girl by, um, I think it's uh, Seon Soft. Um, it's really fun. I really enjoyed myself. There is no mechanic there other than dressing up um, mm. your your little character um but i got so sucked into it that i think i spent about an hour and a half um playing around with it and i did end up spending i think like 80p (laughs) because because the the base game doesn't come with any black clothing and i was like this is just not gonna do at all i can't put together a look that i find at all interesting so um so yes i did i did actually do my transaction this week at the age of 35 in pastel girl by say on soft <laughs> um yeah so there we go so yeah if if, if it does matter to you it, it does matter and you will, will end up maybe spending money well i'm glad you did that because that was again that was the suggestion from uh circadian wolf who oh, said yeah. there's a whole subgenre of like browser games that are consciously aimed at girls as in young girls mm. where dressing up is is the thing and it's a uh, I can't say much about it because I don't, I haven't played those games. But again, I think this, these are completely undiscussed games. And again, it ties into the whole thing of like, they're about clothes and therefore they don't matter. And also this is obviously linked to the idea that they are feminine and um, therefore unimportant. Like this is a whole, it's linked to the, Clothes and like the idea of how important they are is, is intrinsically linked to um, gender and the idea that womanly things are uh, frivolous and uh, unimportant, I think. Yeah, I mean, accusations and charges of, um, you know, uh, the, the sort of moral question, question of clothes and surfaces, things being skin deep, things being superficial... Um, none of these discourses are neutral in terms of the sort of gender ideas that are coming up when we when we sort of start to invoke them. All of them are coded as specifically feminine. Um, and so, yeah, so you have like, you know, these games um, that are not even really thought of as games, despite the fact that, um, you know, Pastel Girl, I had a look at some of the reviews. There weren't any reviews by in any outlets. It's a good game, by the way. It's really solid. Um, maybe try okay. not to spend any money on it. Um, but <laughs> if you do like the idea of a dressing up game, I had a great time with it. Um, yeah, the only reviews I could find were, um, you know, just reviews in the app store by people mm. who played it. Who would like, it was just loads and loads of obviously young women and girls um, mm-hmm. talking about, you know, sharing pictures with their friends. Uh, one one girl said that she um, she and her mate would have a challenge to try and make an outfit that looked as much like this one character as possible and then share what they'd created afterwards and whoever got closest wins and stuff. And it's like, that's a game. They're playing yeah. a game. Um, it sounds like quite a fun game to me. Um, but yeah, but, but not considered to be like real. Yeah. So one of the things with this subject of like, 
um, cosmetics or like clothes and like not being important and therefore it's okay for to have microtransactions, mm. which is kind of what how they've kind of got into games. A, a couple of people, um, uh, Jakob von Gunten, pointed me to arguments like against this. Right. Um, there's, there's a video by um, Jim Sterling. Uh, I'm not not a particular fan of his style, but like he he does do some good. He, he's okay. Like, I, I know what you mean about the style. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not into his um I'm not into his top, top hats personally, but no. um. Like, but he, but he's okay. He's okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But he he had a video about it where he was kind of, he's he was he was talking about how this is always the thing that people say. Look, it's just cosmetics, so mm, it doesn't matter. Mm, like mm. you're getting worked up about nothing. It doesn't affect the game. And his his whole argument was, if it's part of your enjoyment of uh, of playing the game, then it is part of the game. Like if you absolutely, and, it, and yeah. he was saying if people are willing to pay for it then they want it and they are enjoying it. And he was saying people want to either look different from somebody else or they just want to play with the clothes and look cool and, and whatever it is. His, his point was like, it's something that you're doing in the game and you're getting something out of it yes. and therefore it's part of the game. And the very fact that you can charge people money for it is proof that it does matter to people and they do enjoy it. Mm. And therefore this idea that it's superficial and it's just cosmetics and it's not part of the game is is a complete fallacy and i think uh, i have sympathy with that argument yep um it is a i think it's a bit of a difficult thing to um so uh, this is different to, to calling clothes like in the real world frivolous or it doesn't matter in, in some way but so and again, obviously, there's something going on here in terms of coding fashion as feminine, as we said, and therefore it doesn't matter. But the way this is being expressed, it is still part of um, a system of commodity production mm-hmm. and um, exploitation and um, trying to like, like extract value from us. So at the same time, there is... A problem there. there there was somebody again sorry i didn't write it down but somebody mentioned that they had they knew somebody whose kid was uh asking for money on Fortnite because he was getting called a no skin by the by the other kids right. which is a, a thing or yeah. something so okay. they wanted to buy a, a skin so like and, and there's a whole thing of like forced obsolescence through style yeah as well where like they bring out the new clothes related to whatever so then you have to pay more money to and this exists um this exists in reality Absolutely so at the same time does. that i don't want to say that clothes like don't matter um fashion and like style is a way of making clothes that are still perfectly functional uh need to be replaced and oh actually... yeah completely and also like yeah a, a system of um a social exclusion and you know i feel terrible for that kid getting called a no skin that's that's really horrible <laughs> yeah. um like if you've um i grew up with no money in a very wealthy part of the country and you know um it's the way in which clothing can be used to enforce um codes of exclusion and particular forms of in-group out-group that are basically to do with wealth um is 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 unpleasant and i i don't i really don't like hearing that that's sort of spreading to games that makes me feel very unhappy um yeah. but uh yeah there's a really good um and uh there's a really lovely moment actually in um portal um it reminds me of um 
we were talking about GLaDOS last week, weren't we? Fantastic mm-hmm. villain. Um, she uh, she talks, there's something she says to Chell, who's your point of view character, who is also a woman. I mean, GLaDOS mm-hmm. isn't really a woman. She's a robot. She's a computer. Um, but but she's she's very gendered as, as female. Um, and uh, she says to Chell, as part of her litany of just constant abuse, um, <laughs> you look ugly in that jumpsuit. That's not my opinion. It's right here on your fact sheet. They said they said on everyone else it looked fine, but on you it looked hideous. But still, what does some old engineer know about fashion? Oh wait, it's a she. Still, what does she know about? Oh wait, she has a medical degree in fashion from France. <laughs> and and that is a fantastic moment. It really um hones in on the specific ways that women can be very unpleasant to each other, particularly everyone can do it, um, about clothes. You know, the ways mm. in which we can be uh, hurtful to one another um, and and um, assert all sorts of forms of prestige and um, alienation and you don't belong here. Um, and and I, I really thought it was a brilliant piece of writing, basically. It was one of the first times in video games where I was playing a game where I really felt like I was being addressed as a woman um, because mm-hmm. I was playing a female character and, um, and you know, this this other woman computer was being just mean to me about what I was wearing <laughs> like it, it did feel uh yeah the first time like I felt hailed uh, within a game as as a woman mm. uh at the risk of, uh, this is kind of a deviation from the subject but yeah. it's just interesting you mentioned it have you do you feel does that because there are a lot of games now where you can choose to play as a man or a woman mm. and mm. um when I was younger I would always play as a man and I would be more more uh attendable to thinking of them as as like me in some way or try to make them look like me I've kind of done that less and less and now I normally play as a woman if it's like a choice like in uh Fallout or whatever when I play Cyberpunk I'll probably play as a woman I don't get the sense that it often changes very much like because you, you're saying like you felt addressed as a woman when I play as a woman in these games I've noticed I think that it doesn't substantially change my experience of them yeah. um I think it should um yes. because if you're moving through the world as a woman you're going to be treated in a different uh, of course you shouldn't be but <laughs> right. you are going to be treated in a different way and I think it would be interesting to like reflect that I don't know is is that like, does that time of it's 100% my experience yes um is that um yeah it's it's rare that i actually feel like ah that is actually talking to me as if i was a woman in this world um mm. as i say that that moment in portal kind of really sort of stuck out to me um i i always play women in games always if i get the option i don't mind playing a guy i like it if it's a fully realized you know if they've got a character i love playing geralt Mm. I love playing 47. Yeah. I love I love these characters. Um but yeah, given the option, I'll always I'll always play as a woman, but I do find that in games where you have the option, playing as a woman does not really impact your experience in, yeah, in It's been written for the male character it, and they've changed the pronouns. It's been it written like... for for a neutral which is, you know, very often um, <laughs> yeah, male. It. Yeah, it's been written for yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um just whatever quick thing um on like what we what we were saying before I derailed us. Um, Slash Epoch again mentioned how GTA, GTA Online is a particularly good example of um, 
what he called a dedication to opulence uh oh, and he said how, how the um the clothing is used to denote prestige from either having spent money or spent more time in the game which is what we're saying then about how like with Fortnite and like the no skin thing like clothes and, and now uh, and now like you they're trying to they're trying to make you spend money so that you can demonstrate to other people that you've spent money which yeah. is of course one of the ways that clothes are used in real life Absolutely. to like show people how much money or like value you have so yeah i love so. that i love the uh, dedication to opulence as a phrase <laughs> Yeah, very well, nice. I want to. I want to hear, hear about. So you you mentioned to me. I, I I don't know what it's about, but you mentioned to me that you had a whole thing about Dragon Age Inquisition, <sighs> like maybe Mass Effect or something. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, can, okay. Can we... Amazing. Yes. Let's do this. I. There are issues with the design in. Um, many rpgs and as i've said uh western rpgs I, I would say you've mentioned jrpgs as being much more thoughtful about that and i really appreciate that um there are things i've wanted to say about dragon age inquisition and have not had a forum for okay. <laughs> for quite some time um is so, that why you suggested starting this podcast yes that's, like eventually we could do a close episode that's entirely it yeah, yeah 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 i've been skulking around the internet waiting to find someone who i might possibly be able to draw into uh doing a podcast so i could uh, get into this um i should say this comes from a real place of love do you like bioware rpgs uh i've only played mass effect 2 that's oh. it terrible i I mean it it. is good yeah mass effect 2 is is definitely one to play if you're only going to play one um i love bioware rpgs i i love to run around i love to romance aliens um i love to to get you know my buddies together and go on adventures um so this is coming from a huge place of love and affection but if you google Dragon Age Inquisition clothes ugly, you're going to get a thousand hits. I'm not the only person who's noticed this. There is a particular okay. problem with the design of clothing, which, again, in an RPG, in a role playing game, I think is a real shame. Um, so, um, the examples I uh, wanted to bring to mind um, that kind of illustrate the issue. Because it's quite difficult to describe what the issue is. And actually, it has um, it has some relation to what you were saying earlier about games. It's really interesting when games kind of create their own fashion within themselves, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, it can go too far, Paul, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, this is an example of the desire to create your own in-house style run amok. It's like, you know how um, animals in Australia evolved in isolation so they ended up with like pockets everywhere and nipples in their pockets (laughs) and they feed the babies and then it's it's all very odd that's that's what the clothes are like in dragon age inquisition there seems to be so little reference to the outside world um so the example i'm I'm just gonna google this while you're talking okay you can look on twitter look on our twitter and um it's the dragon age inquisition collection i Um, did look i did look at that i've put them up these are the okay. examples I'm going to talk about. Um, you have, um, by way of explaining the problem, it is very difficult to even describe what the clothes people are wearing are. So the first per- character I have um, as an example is Cullen. He's the head of your army in Inquisition. And he... This is the guy with the furry shoulders. He's right. What is that garment? <laughs> what is it? He's wearing armour, but on top of it, he is wearing furry shoulders which is part of some kind of loose 
wrap around sleeveless cardigan is the best I can describe it. It's actually quite unreadable, isn't it? It's really like difficult what, to what read. What the different parts of the, like where the armor is and where the Ex- clothes are. Exactly, this is the problem. This, I'm, I can't I'm glad. tell where the thing, <laughs> what is that? I can't like, tell where, where that connects. How does how does he get it on? Where does it connect? Like what what why is he wearing this? It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, okay, so that's that's the first one. So so yeah, time and time again, you'll see people wearing garments that you can't even describe using words that you would know for garments in the real world. Um, the second one is Leliana. Leliana is our spy master. Leliana mm. is wearing boots that are cast out of solid steel. It looks like, and also yeah. like a a a chainmail sort of tunic thing you would be able to hear Leliana coming from a mile off she's a spy master and yet she is she would be going boom 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 walking towards you is your your issue here then is 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 less about the the kind of look at the clothes and the way they haven't thought about how the clothes connect to the yes the, it, the role of the character ex- exactly which is a role playing game yes it's like it's happening in a vacuum like it's 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 so bizarre to me that, that some of it's these very, decisions um, sorry to interrupt it, it's very like standard fantasy it's, it's like they've gone it's like they've gone uh to the to the the book of fantasy clothes and picked out like a standard thing yeah. and, and haven't thought about how it relates to what who the person's supposed to be. Absolutely that, you know, and 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 you know, these are these these are all quite good characters, you know, and I, I feel like it's it's just a bit of a shame that yeah, this this there isn't this through line. There doesn't seem to be a through line that suggests like a connection between things. Um my third example is much more aesthetic, um, is uh Josephine, who is your um the head of your diplomacy. She's like your ambassador in the world. And she's once again wearing an outfit that's really difficult to describe. It's it's like a shirt slash with a dress on top with with tights, but there's strange ruffles and and, and like bits of swagged fabric hanging off in, in odd places. Um, she's wearing essentially purple and yellow. Now those are contrasting colors; they're opposite each other on the color wheel. Um, you might use it's difficult to use them both together and if you were going to use them both together you would use like a little bit of accent of one normally um so you'd be wearing mostly purple and maybe have a yellow bag or something that might look quite striking that's quite a good look this is good good tips for listeners here as well good tips for listeners but but she has a, a complete she has a balance of the two the two are she's wearing about the same amount as purple as yellow and this yeah. is just clashing. It, it 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 is um like there's a conflict going on on her body. It's a really loud outfit, and again she's a, she's a diplomat, and it's just like she's she's constantly talking to you about you know taking cautious decisions and acting with deliberation. And it's like, but look at your outfit, Josephine. <laughs> it's the loudest thing in the room. Like and 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 again, it's it just it smacks to me of um decision. Decisions about clothes being made like really without much reference to how things are used in the real world. And yeah. and I like that as an impulse, actually. Um, I, I'm kind of aware that what I'm saying is I kind of almost hate what I'm saying here because I, I'm telling people to like be less creative or rein it in or, or something like that. And this is fantasy. So you shouldn't be doing no, no, it. No, no, you're, surely you're suggesting that it has to be some kind of thought behind what the code and it, it's not that they're not doing so if they didn't do the way clothes are in reality, that's fine. But then they need to have a logic behind like what the 
clothes are supposed to symbolize absolutely and, uh, and just like yes yeah, start start mad and then pull it back pull it pull it back in you know and and and, and edit and stuff like that I'm aware that there's sort of um it's sort of come to light recently that there are sort of there have been some production issues in Bioware's big RPGs in recent years uh, yeah, and and yeah. probably like you know I'm aware these departments probably just did not get the time that they would have liked um Almost certainly, yeah. <laughs> yeah to to have to have you know to have concentrated on these things so so I don't want to be too mean um but like um yeah that there's yeah a lack of reference um you can see a game that does much more grounded in the real world that's still a fantasy rpg if you look at the witcher 3 um mm-hmm. then i've also given examples from those so if you if you look at the outfits of um yennefer sorry c- before we move yeah. on can i just would i say so to me this outfit she's wearing right if i just saw the top half mm. i would think that she's got a very flowy roughly dress on josephine yeah yeah that yeah which she doesn't. No. Um, if I just saw the bottom <laughs> half, I'd think she was a page boy. Yes, exactly. The bottom <laughs> half reads absolutely reads page boy. Like um, yeah. it's 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 just strange decisions. Again, this is the woman. This is your ambassador. You're sending her out when you want to do you know treaties with important nations. And frankly, it's insulting. Like yeah. I, that's going to cause a war. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's, it's fun to bitch about Josephine. So, I feel bad. So sorry. So sorry. Go on. You were on. Okay. So we could look at an example of so much more grounded, even though it's a fantasy universe, is The Witcher Three. And um, so if you look at Yennefer and um, uh, series outfits, which I've I've mm-hmm. um, given examples of, um, they're just you. They're wearing trousers and a shirt, and you know, Yennefer's got a jacket. Um, they're both wearing boots. Um, it, it's like. These are outfits that you can read immediately. They give us loads of information about the characters, right? Yennefer basically looks like a dominatrix. Siri basically looks like a pirate. Like these are uh-huh. these are good cues actually for for both of these characters and the way in which they relate to the world. Um, you'd be able to put together really similar looks if you walked into you know any any high street right now. Um, the, the the boots over trousers thing is really interesting to me. That kind of dates the looks quite specifically to when the game was being developed because high heel boots over trousers was a huge look in um, the kind of early 2010s, which is the development period for this game. Um, I, completely, I didn't know that. Right, right. But <laughs> yes, it, it really, really characteristic of that time um, okay. on, on the high street, basically, what a lot of women were wearing. And there is a reason a lot of women were wearing that. You know, it's, it's a really flattering look. It's going to make your legs look longer. It's going to lift your bum. It's going to, like, uh, emphasize the waist. There's a, there's a, and so these characters, they look good. And if you, if you Google you know, Yennefer cosplay or Siri cosplay, you're going to see thousands of people um, dressing up in these outfits because these are outfits that make sense to us, that we know look flattering. I could go on for ages about their different makeup as well. They, they, they're wearing really good makeup for their characters and stuff. Um, so yeah, it's it's so much more grounded in the real world. And, and there's something about that that I think makes it almost more effective fantasy because I love the way that Bioware have a kind of goal of including people as much as possible and and always creating options for for gay characters um more and more um including trans characters in their games um always making sure you know women are well represented um that people of color are present um 
But I, I do think if you're going to hold up a mirror that people can see themselves reflected in, that reflection, you know, it, it would be a very loving thing to make that reflection really beautiful. And I think mm -hmm. that's that's a that's something that Bioware are just missing at the moment. And I would love, I, I really hope that they, you know, continue to do mad things, but maybe ground it a little bit um, so that people can feel more sort of um, elegant and refined <laughs> while they're walking around, you know, killing their dragons or whatever. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, well, I hope you've um, had a look at that that Twitter image and, and follow it along with us <laughs> as we've um, critiqued our way our way through. Uh, yeah, was there an enjoyable way to uh, to close out? I feel. Um, so yeah, that was close. Um, as always, if you've if you've got any suggestions that that we've missed, then get in touch. Please. Get Object Pod on Twitter and at Gmail. Uh, always great to hear hear um, people's suggestions and yeah keep keep the suggestions for other episodes coming and they will they will be added to the rapidly growing spreadsheet yeah um yeah so what are we going to be talking about next time rosie next time we're heading into space uh for a discussion of spaceships um yeah. which is going to be yeah more your wheelhouse again but um yeah to back it. back towards sci-fi yeah um and uh yeah so spaceships again let us know um if you've got any got any thoughts on spaceships um it's always um it's always nice to have the the research community as we um, described it before getting involved and helping us out um it is genuinely like really helpful there's been some good stuff that we've got out of people sending us suggestions so that's yeah cool. yeah and uh yeah um please give us a review on on uh Apple Podcasts or iTunes or whatever it is, if you've got the got a moment. Oh uh, yeah, that would really be really helpful, as we say, for science. If for you science, could, yeah. yeah, yeah, that would be <laughs> that would be another wonderful thing you could do as as part of your uh, role in the research community. Um, but yeah, I think that's us. That's us for this week. Uh, okay, so yeah, we'll uh, see you all soon for spaceships. Spaceships, can't wait. All right, see you later, guys. Bye. Bye.